Hi, this is Michael Novenson with Information Security Media Group, coming to you from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, site of Palo Alto Network's Ignite 22. Joined this afternoon by BJ Jenkins. He is the president at Palo Alto Networks, joined the company in August of 2021. After nearly nine years as president and CEO at Barracuda Networks. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Michael. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming in to Vegas. Of course. Thank you for having me. So as I said, it's been about 16 months since you started as the president of the company. What, what have been the major areas of focus or major priorities for you coming out of the gate here? The, the company has assembled an incredible suite of solutions in multiple market segments. We talked about it here at the show about best of breed and a platform. And my work really has been to help scale the business, and that is the pre-sales and post-sales resources that help our customers and prospective customers understand those solutions, how they get value out of them. And then obviously, as they acquire those to implement them and help make them successful with them so they're secure and do it at the best cost of ownership. So I've really been focused on scaling out our sales organization and our services and support organizations, support customers. Palo Alto Networks is the largest pure play security company in the world. Revenue is approaching five billion. So what are some of the challenges that you run into around sales, around support, around services when, when you're operating at this scale versus most other pure play security companies, which are quite a bit smaller? Yeah, I think it's how do you represent to your customers the full power of the portfolio and have in each solution area the right skills and technical expertise to be able to represent all those different areas. So, you know, especially we've got larger, we've done, you know, larger and larger deals with some of our customers and that requires uh, an account manager who's going to be with that customer over the, the life cycle, 5, 10, 15 years relationship with Palo Alto Networks and then obviously building the technical skills in, in uh, SOC transformation and cloud and network and SASE to make sure they see the full power of that portfolio and, and obviously can absorb it and, and drive it. So what are some of the skills you've built out around the cloud and SASE and digital transformation? What are some of the things you've built in order to support those very large enterprises? You probably imagine, you know, the move to cloud has been <laughs> uh, fast and large and at scale when you look at Microsoft and, and uh, AWS and, and Google. There's a lot of competition for cloud-based resources. So, you know, we think we're the largest pure play end-to-end cloud-native uh, security platform for customers. You know, we not only have been out there uh, bringing in people who have those skills, but we've also been, we have a program called Cloud Academy, where we take people with strong sales skills and a willingness to learn, and we put them through that so they're ready to really go engage with customers around how they can secure their cloud application. So, you know, I think that's probably a unique thing we've been doing is building specific training programs for some of these areas so that we can acquire great talent. From a cloud perspective, obviously, both Nikeshin and Amit Singh have DNA and Google. What, what have you done since coming in to really tighten the relationship with AWS, with Microsoft, you know, at Barracuda, you work very closely with? Yeah, I had the, the good fortune when we were at, when I was at Barracuda, we actually were the first deployed web application firewall and next generation firewall in Microsoft and uh, we're the first web application firewall at Amazon. So I had good relationships with those folks. And so I think it was a good kind of augment to the strong Google connections that Nikesh and Ahmed had. We've made great progress with all three cloud providers. 
definitely uh, a place where customers are investing more, and I think we're benefiting out of all three of those relationships. You mentioned overseeing the services business. What what services have you seen the greatest growth in in 2022? What are some of the services that you really see increased customer interest in? Yeah, look, I, I think the first thing I'd say is, you know, our intention, we're a very ecosystems and channel focused company and our intent is to have uh, partners be able to sell sell and position services around our solutions and so we always try and drive that i i think the biggest move that we've seen from customers and demand has been around managed services and this is the resource problem we were talking a little bit about before where Customers want to transform their SOC. They want to move things to the cloud. They want to drive a SASE architecture or zero trust architecture. They often don't have the resources to do it themselves. Their, own, their teams are stretched. It's hard for them to acquire talent. And so the number one thing we hear from customers is, look, at, I, I would like to be able to deploy this. Can a partner manage it for me? Or you know, can you find someone who can put this in a, as a service for me? And I, I think that's going to continue to grow. I think the largest customers in the world, for the most part, are still running their own infrastructure and their, their security. But especially in kind of mid-market and upper mid-market, these customers are, it's, it's hard to keep up with security threats and then be able to deploy solutions so what are some of the investments you've made or some of the resources you've built out for that mid-market, for that upper mid-market in order to be able to provide managed capabilities around the SOC? Yeah, again, I think, you know, in a lot of the largest accounts, they'll be dealing with partners like Accenture and Deloitte or Infosys or Wipro. In those cases, we can work with directly those partners and they can provide those services. You know, in the instances where we have to deliver services, you'll most likely see that in um, like what they call focus services or resident engineers who work directly with our products and help the customers get the most value out of them. So we, we make investments there so that they can really have someone who's hands-on and understands the products in, in their shops. I want to return for a moment to the cloud, uh, cloud transformation piece. And I know you were talking about the a focus and the concentration you're seeing of around that from large enterprises. I know we're, what, a decade, more than a decade into this cloud shift. So I'm not, in the year 2022, what are some of the biggest challenges, some of the biggest obstacles that these Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies are having to grapple with as they shift to the cloud? What, what is it that they're trying to shift to the cloud now? What, what are the associated security challenges with that? And then how at Palo Alto Networks, what are you trying to do? Yeah, look, at, I think they had a number of things hit them at, at, at once as they thought about the transformation into the cloud. The first was the pandemic. So before when you were in, you know, offices, uh, perimeter type of infrastructure, uh, you, you heard a lot of lift and shift where they would just take applications in their current form and move them into the cloud. But the users were still in their offices and, you know, the, the, the connection into those applications was straightforward and they could uh, utilize a lot of their security stack. What's changed now with pandemic and workers being distributed all over the place, they actually have to re-architect the network, where the transport goes, the access to the applications, how that happens and the security around it. And in many instances, we see customers rewriting those applications, not just lifting and shifting them, actually uh, rebuilding them in a cloud native form. And so that drives 
before with lift and uh, lift and shift most customers would be looking at posture management and you know just a more of a run capability now most of our customers are multi-cloud or want to be in multiple multiple clouds they look at their applications and believe in that uh, environment they should build them natively on that cloud and so they look for security solutions again we call a shift left where security is actually built in as they're coding and building the applications and so that's been the big shift for us and those companies where they may have looked at a narrow slice for cloud security before they're now looking more for can you help me as i build and code as i deploy and then run those cloud applications can you help us secure them through the entire i want to talk a little bit about the macroeconomic situation so I specifically want to start with, given that you are pretty close to the end customer and you're really into the channel partners as well, what are the most significant changes that you've seen in customer buying behavior? Your, your early time at the company late last year versus today, how, how are customer buying patterns, buying behaviors changing as a result of the downturn? Yeah, I think the first thing I'd say about the environment is there's much more direct customer engagement than there was 16 months ago when we were in the throes of COVID. So... You know, I'm traveling a lot more. I'm seeing a lot more customers face-to-face. Our briefing center has seen an explosion of customers coming in. What I would say in general is that indicates to me in every conversation I have is that security is still top of mind. It's top of funded and it's budgeted. And they are still trying to drive transformation. This is not something they feel, customers feel like they can back down. With that said, in the current macroeconomic cycle, deals are taking, they take longer to get done. We definitely uh, see CFO involvement where it may have just been procurement before. Uh, there's definitely a finance angle that comes into play. They want to make sure they're managing what's going on in their business financially into what they need to invest in security. So I still you know, see engagement in projects, transformational projects all across our customer base. I just, for a period of time here, I think uh, a lot of customers are trying to see what's going to go on in the economy. The, w- the one other thing I'd say there is there are some, this has been an interest, you know, as an older person who's been through a lot of uh, uh, economic cycles, this one obviously is unique. Uh, they're all unique. But um, in this one, there's actually industries that are doing incredibly well uh, travel is certainly one. You, know, you walk around Vegas, it's like crazy right now. I mean, people are here, but oil and gas has done very well, obviously, and and certainly, you know, consumer spending has stayed strong. So there, within this, there's customers who are actually even leaning in heavier to transformation during the cycle. So from a due diligence standpoint, I know you mentioned greater involvement from the CFO and the finance department as opposed to just procurements. How have you responded to Palo Alto Networks? What reallocations of resources have you done? What investments have you made in anticipation of greater due diligence from customers? Yeah, I think we've you know really focused on operational excellence. We're trying to make sure we tightly partner with our customers and partners to understand uh, where we're at. So some manifestations of this is you know we've finished with our entire field they uh, account plans for all of our accounts and within those account plans who are the partners you're working with so that you have a, a game plan on how to win again on operational excellence we're doing we increase the cycle of deal inspections so we can understand hey what are the steps to close you know what's the uh, the event for the customer on why they need to do this transaction you know, so there's just more rigor 
around the inspection of deals and, and understanding of what that cycle is going to be to close. And we think through that again, uh, through activity and uh, operational excellence, we can we can get through this economic period because we do think we have a very powerful message for companies around consolidation, best of breed and platform where customers actually can consolidate on Palo Alto networks and have a lower TCL in the process and be more secure. So we think that message will play well uh, in this current economic. And from a technological perspective, when you look under that Palo Alto networks, technology umbrella, I realize it's a broad umbrella. Are there particular technologies which you feel are the economic downturn is driving more interest in, like managed services, and are there particular technologies where maybe there's been a bit of a pause in demand as a result of customers having to shift spending in the economic downturn? I would say uh, every customer we talk to has some form of SASE or zero trust. Every customer is still dealing with what the workforce looks like and where they're going to work out of and with what frequency. I think in this environment that just has to continue because it's a reality that they deal with every day and their security risks if they don't deal with it. You know, we do... And I think Nikesh has talked about this on earnings calls. Uh, you know, on the hardware side of the business, there's customers definitely, you know, sweating assets and looking at moving from hardware to software-based platforms. But that's probably an area where, you know, you can definitely see things pushing out in terms of priorities. So what are you, do- what are you doing on the Palo Alto Network side then to help facilitate that hardware to software shift? Yeah, what investments are you making? What what resources are you putting toward helping to facilitate that? Yeah, I think the, the nice thing about our platform and how we package it is we can give customers flexibility in how they move from hardware to software. And uh, so we have programs to help them do that. They're, they work well in these economic times, but you know, a customer often has a plan on how they're going to move from hardware to software, but most customers, like any plan, it doesn't go exactly how you have it down. And so you want some flexibility how to do that. We do a we have a great program to help our customers with that uh, called Flex, where they can, as they come off the hardware, they can move more of those credits into software-based firewalls. So, you know, I, I think it's understanding that transition the customers have to go through and, and building a plan with them that gives them that flexibility. I know you had your partner day yesterday and had some, some shifts in your channel organization, some new priorities and want to get a sense in terms of routes to market because I know you have both the conventional ones, VARs and MSPs, as well as some less traditional routes to market. What, what, what routes to market are you seeing the most rapid growth around today and why? Well, especially as the Prisma Cloud platform has scaled and grown and as we've introduced XIM and you know the uh, SOC transformation, uh, we've seen system integrators become a lot, they, they spend a lot of time on those architectural decisions uh, with customers. And so that's certainly an area we've, we've uh, invested in and they've been great partnerships for us too as we've expanded the portfolio. And so that's probably uh, you know, number one. Number two, you know, service providers and telecom players drive a lot of the network transformation. They're uh, almost always involved in SASE projects. And so that's probably been the next biggest investment area has been in the service providers and telecom players to build offerings that they can bring to market. We continue the the CSPs, uh, also the cloud service providers also, we continue to partner with and see more and more customers leveraging their contracts with CSPs to acquire technology also. 
What's, what's different about what systems integrators need or what uh, some of these telecom service providers need, VARs or MSPs, either from a security expertise standpoint or in terms of where in the process they're looking to be involved? Look, I think every partner, for a partnership to work, you have to understand what the joint value is for the customer, first of all, and then second, what that partner uh, hopes to gain out of the Palo Alto relationship. And, you know, the difference, you know, we do see our traditional channel trying to sell the entire portfolio, and they are building services on top of it. And um, we are trying to build uh, end-to-end account plans with them. But, you know, those tend to be more on the, uh, the customers made a decision and now they're figuring out how to execute it. You know, system integrators for the most part don't resell your product. That's not why they're in the partnership. What they're trying to do is help the customer transform. And so they're involved early, early on, even before we get involved usually, and it's making sure we understand why they wanna use our solution to help the customer achieve some outcome. And for them, it's making sure the, the solution fits in the transformation they're trying to drive. and usually drives services for them overall inside the account. I would say in general on telco and SPs, it's usually around some network transformation and they actually build offerings with them, with us. And we, they're on their price list. So they're actually selling the SASE offering that has their network and then Palo Alto product together. So each one is a little bit different way they bring that value to the, to the customer. Let me ask you here finally, our readership at Information Security Media Groups primarily Chief Information Security Officers, what do you feel is the biggest security-related challenge that customers are going to have to grapple with? There are a lot, and they vary week week to week, depending on who I see. Um, you know, I think last year, talent was, was one of the biggest, just having enough skilled resources to execute their plans was, was uh, probably the largest. I, I, I'm hoping that through automation, but also just through the macro, that that is not the most important. I, I think it's going to continue to be the morphing threats that are out there and do, you know, can they get themselves into a proactive position versus reactive? I think this is where, you know, we're very focused on SOC transformation. We think a point of pain for most CISOs um, and we, you know, we think it's an area that's ripe for transformation. We can help them really uh, provide more value into this. Certainly will be an interesting space to watch in the year ahead. BJ, thank you so much here for the time. You got it. Thanks, Michael. Great seeing you. Yourself as well. We've been speaking with BJ Jenkins. He is the president at Palo Alto Networks. For Information Security Media Group, this is Michael Novenson. Have a nice day.